Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now, you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. And I'm Alyssa Mastromonaco. Alyssa, important news this week from the Wall Street Journal. The Wall Street Journal reports that the new hotness is people taking their cats on road trips. What do you think of this trend? Something tells me that you were ahead of the game. Erin, let's just say back in the early aughts, I was driving cross country in my very old car with my very big cat. Shrum was the hit of I-90. Really? Yes. Would yes. would he like put his paws up in the window and stuff? He would put his paws up on the dashboard like he was surfing. And when the big trucks would go by, they would beep, beep at him because they thought it was so funny. So the Wall Street Journal piece, which we'll put in our episode notes, seemed to indicate that cats were not great road trip companions compared to dogs. But I'm going to go ahead and beg to differ. I used to drive with Eleanor from Chicago all the way up to Frederick to visit my family in Wisconsin. And she was great as long as I didn't make her stay in her carrier. And I didn't have to like stop and let her go to the bathroom. I just like had a little litter box in like the back seat, which is gross, but that's how we did it. That's, um, are you kidding me? I had a Tupperware that had litter in it. <laughs> of I course. I you like clearly labeled it so that was never repurposed to store food. It was 100% recycled. Uh, oh. <laughs> and I had a little Tupperware with dry food and water, but I will say Shrum and I think Queen Bun went uh, free driving with me at one point. But the others, I mean, let's be honest, Midge and, and Polly Winklebutt need to be sedated. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. Anyway, let this be your, your sign that if you're thinking about taking your cat on a road trip, you should probably do it because at the very least, you'll have a cool story. <laughs> <laughs> this week, Kieran Deal and Tian Tran joined to tackle the following questions. What grade point average is high enough to be allowed to have an abortion? How do you meet good people in a world of online dating scammers? And who is the worst character on TV? All this and more right now. Okay, let's get to news. Uh, But first, have you ever, Alyssa, been going through your day and you read a news story or you see something on TV 
or you simply have an encounter with a public figure and afterwards you think, wow, fuck that guy. All the time. And usually my first thing to do is to text you about it. Yes. And I so appreciate it. (laughs) And what I want to do is open up the fuck that guy, I guess, inbox to our listeners, because I know that if they could text us, we would have a big, long text chain of just infinite fuck that guys. So if there is a public figure that you think deserves to be the subject of a 30-second rant, you can go ahead and rant into your phone and send us a voice memo to hysteria at crooked.com, and we might play it on an upcoming episode. Okay, let's get to the news. This week, results of a super interesting study came out. And to just TLDR it, giving cash to low-income mothers actually increased brain activity in their babies. Wow. Wow. So, Alyssa, what do you make of this study? So, it was a very—now, to be fair, it's a preliminary study, right? um, And—but mostly, I mean, I think there are so many reasons why giving low-income mothers uh, an extra $300 a month could— produce children with higher cognitive function, which is that maybe the moms can spend more time with them. Maybe they can afford better food. Maybe they can afford better health care. All of these things seem like good reasons to consider such a program or in the case of America, just extending a program that was doing a lot of good up until Mm -hmm. a month ago. Right. So this study, which was done by uh, the National Academy of Sciences, um, took two groups of low-income women, and half of them they randomly gave $20 a month to, and the other half they gave $333 a month to, which is about as much as the child tax credit was for people with uh, kids under five. And yeah, the results of it were basically that just giving low-income parents cash led to better outcomes for their kids. Um, It's sort of, if this actually holds up, it's kind of indefensible to not extend the child tax credit program. 100%. And it'll be really interesting because I think they're following all of these kids until they're four years old to see how uh, they continue to improve or or don't, but most likely continue to improve. Um, So I'm glad that they did this study. Yeah, I think so too. And it it really brings something interesting up, like direct cash payments to low-income people is something that is helpful. Like the, the pushback on giving cash payments to people makes really gross assumptions about what type of character low-income people have. Like, right. you know, there's there's a sort of assumption that, like, you give a poor person money, they're going to spend it on something, like, Nefarious. lobster or whatever. Right. Right. But, the, but the thing is, like, you know, when we had Representative Rosa DeLauro on here to talk about the child tax credit, she mentioned that research has found that people spend the money on their kids. Like, you give them money, they will spend it on their kids. Right. And I think a very easy corollary to this is that— over the course of the time when people were getting the child tax credit, 3.8 million children, it is estimated, were lifted out of poverty. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, this seems a bit like a no-brainer, Erin. <laughs> I mean, if you're a pro-family, pro-life party, it seems like something that you would want to do. Also, just kind of worth mentioning that hysterian non-fave, Joe Manchin, who opposed the child tax credit, uh, according to the IRS, 305,000 West Virginia children benefited from the expanded tax credit. What did he get? Okay, like this is going to be a a Manchin tangent, a mangent, if you will. A mangent! (laughs) 
ugh, just like the I just cannot flames, flames on the side of my face, you know, et cetera. Um, what does he gain from keeping poor women? He lives on a fucking boat. Like what what is there to gain? He already has all the stuff. Does he need all the stuff times two? He doesn't need it. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's like, look, I guess, you know what? If there weren't, if there wasn't data <laughs> that supported right. it and said that 3.8 million kids had been lifted out of poverty, I mean, maybe you could say if he if he wanted to make the argument, well, we don't even know what it did. But we but we do know what it did. That's the mm-hmm. thing. We do know what it did. Mm-hmm. And uh we know that he comes from one of the poorer states in the country, and that there's no possible way where his constituents would not benefit from this plan. I again I'm going to reiterate that I think Virginia should invade West Virginia. I think that they should just <laughs> add it. And keep sending us comments, everybody, because we love when you we say this and you explain you explain to us how they have. <laughs> I, I our our listeners are, and I say this with utmost respect, complete fucking nerds. Amazing nerds. And the I best. The love best. Them. Nice nerds. They're nice nerds too. Amazing. Because when they give us the information, they're not like, hey, don't know if you heard this or not. It's more like, hey, here's some more information for another show. <laughs> right. Like they would tell you that over drinks and you would be delighted to hear it. You would totally. be like, yes, yes. This is a good, great, this is a great fact. Please. You'd side by side Google more information. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, love a side by side Google. That's how you know that a friendship is like going to take. If you have like a new friendship and you're hanging out and you're like side by side Googling, like that's, that's absolutely who can get the information faster. <laughs> exactly. And then you're happy when the other person can because you just want the information. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So um another, I guess more fuckery. Speaking of this Joe one Manchin, was very confusing. I mean, just go. I think I can probably spell it out for you because the headline is exactly true. <laughs> Judge tries to deny teen abortion over her GPA. So basically, there was a 17-year-old girl in Florida, Jane Doe, who sought to have a judicial bypass to have an abortion without the involvement of her parents. Because in Florida, if you're a minor and you're pregnant and you want to have an abortion, you need your parents' permission. You don't need your parents' permission to become a mother. You need your parents' permission to become unpregnant. But anyway, so that's judicial bypass. But in order to do that, you have to go to a judge and you have to get the judge's approval. And the whole system is basically set up to, like, it, it makes literally no sense. It, it forces teens to prove that they are competent enough to have an abortion without their parents' involvement. This one, that's what was a tough one for me because when you texted me the article and I just read the headline— I kind of quizzed myself. I was like, what could her GPA have been for anyone to decide? Was it too high? Like, you should have known better? Was it too low? Like, you should be punished and therefore you should follow through with this pregnancy? But Erin, you actually had interviewed someone previously who had to go through this. And it was a crazy process. So I didn't interview them, but the the person who wrote the Jezebel article interviewed somebody who had gone through the process in Texas because this exists in several states. I wish I knew off the top of my head all of them, but the usual suspects, Florida, Texas, like the where the bitches cannot govern, they take it it out on women and otherwise marginalized people. That is just the oldest trick in the book. So in Texas, a a minor who wanted to have an abortion um, had to basically memorize the entire medical procedure and be able to explain it to the judge. Like it's, it's like she got, she got quizzed on what an abortion was. 
Um, it's so patronizing and so insulting. Could you imagine any other medical procedure, which is all this is, having to go in and explain the procedure in order to get it? I mean, could you imagine any of these chuckle fucks like the judge in Florida who tried to block this girl from having an abortion, Jared E. Smith? Can you imagine him describing, let me, let me just, the female anatomy. Let me give you a blank chart of uh, a vagina, a vulva, a uterus, like those fallopian tubes, label it, label it. And like how big, I want to quiz this judge. How big is a uterus without anything in it? How big is it? If you don't say the size of a lime, you don't get to like, you have to know. Is it? I was going to say the size of a fist. Oh, that's your heart. Your heart's a fist. Oh, that's what it is. Sorry. See, I would have failed. I would have failed. Your heart's a fist. Your uterus is a lime because think of it like it adds a little bit of zest to your life. It does indeed. One way or another. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, judicial bypass is a thing in several states. It has been upheld by the Supreme Court in Planned Parenthood versus Casey. um, And it's something that's probably going to, you know, continue because this court isn't going to overturn it, uh, which is ridiculous. Yeah, this, this girl had testified that she had a B average and actually her GPA was slightly lower than a B average. And the judge was like, okay, that's it. You're not, you're not good enough at school to have an abortion. Like, Ugh. Ugh. I mean, is parenthood punishment to these people? It 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 sounds like it. They're like, you know what? You didn't go to gym class enough. It brought down your average. And now you're going to have a baby. So see how you like that. See if it teaches you a lesson to what? Go to gym class? I mean, it's fucking nuts. It's it's like, first of all, how much do these people hate their kids that they think parenthood is like a terrible bu- a punishment? Totally. I thought the same thing. I was like, wow. Yeah. Here's the thing, like childbirth. I went through it. I didn't have drugs for about 15, 16 hours. And then I screamed for an epidural. Worst pain I've ever felt in my life. Uh, and forcing anybody to go through that is absurd. And adoption is not an alternative for Especially a person going when they're that. in high school. <laughs> Especially when they're in high school. Like, my God. I at least was like, oh, I've taken yoga, so I've bre- I can do breathing exercises to try right. to get through it. I'm a teenage. Oh, my God. Anyway, Florida is continues to be whack, although there are some bright spot politicians in that state that we hope can nose it out of its nosedive. But I don't know. That's TBD. Don't know. Don't know. That's that's TBD. Okay. Uh, one more story I wanted to get to today. It's it's a fuck that guy in our episode notes, but I don't know if it's like a totally fuck that guy because I kind of wanted to discuss it with you. Let's discuss it because I I agree. There's a smidge of nuance. Yes. Okay. So Sarah Palin versus the New York Times. Sarah Palin, who if you guys can uh, recall, is the um, fanciest lady in Wasilla. <laughs> She's a former Alaska governor who John McCain unleashed on America, which is like one of the worst things John McCain did during his life. I mean, it's probably the worst thing. Yeah. I think that he really tried to be a a loyal statesman and he had some principles and Sarah Palin was just, ugh, ugh. Anyway, so Sarah Palin is suing the New York Times over an op-ed that was published shortly after then-Arizona Representative Gabby Giffords was shot by um, a crazy person in 2011. Uh, Six people died in that shooting. So in the editorial, the Times implied that there was a graphic that Palin had been disseminating, which was a map of the U.S. with crosshairs over districts 
held by Democrats. They implied that this graphic was meant to have the crosshairs aimed at the Democrats themselves, and it wasn't. So they immediately corrected it, but Sarah Palin says that the damage was done and now she's suing. And basically this lawsuit would weaken libel laws, which is kind of what Donald Trump was threatening to do. So how funny would it be if Sarah Palin is the one that like weakens libel laws? Libel laws that protect the press are really strong. So basically in order for a media outlet to be sued successfully by a public figure, the public figure must prove that the press outlet meant to disparage them with something false. It's Mm -hmm. called actual malice. So like an honest mistake, like if somebody thought something and then made a mistake and was like, oh no, I made a mistake, that's like not something you can sue a media outlet for. But you can sue a media outlet if there was like a boardroom meeting and, you know, the executive editor was like, okay, we're going to take Sarah Palin down, blah, 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 blah. That's actual malice. And if there was like a paper trail establishing that they meant to fuck with Sarah Palin's life. And I can say, you know, I worked at Gawker and uh, we were taken down by a lawsuit or the company was taken down by a lawsuit um, over a news story that I had nothing to do with. But they, the lawyers for the person who sued Gawker, Hulk Hogan, um, established to the jury that they they had actual malice in like publishing some of this stuff. So right. I was at Vice at the time and we watched that very carefully. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had I had resigned from Gawker in like late November 2015. And it was like in spring 2016 that it yeah. happened. What a year. What a year. 2016. Gift that keeps Oof. on giving. I know, right? So here's the thing, Alyssa, that I wanted to talk about with you. Yes. We've talked about rat fucks on this show before. Mm-hmm. Do you think that if Sarah Palin prevails over the New York Times and libel laws protecting newspapers get tightened— so that actual malice doesn't matter if it's just, uh, if it's a factual inaccuracy. Do you think that means it's the end of the rat fuck? I don't know. You know, I, I have like a lot of complicated feelings about this because I do, I do agree with the standard of malice. I also think though that in the world of social media where everyone is just so quickly trying to get the most clicks and retweets and all that kind of stuff, and people are moving too fast. I do think that this case is a good reminder that people should, like, stop, drop, and roll before they post something or publish something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I'm, 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 I, I definitely do not think Sarah Palin should win, but I do think that the case itself is a good reminder that everyone should be a little bit more careful. Yeah, nobody really clicks on the correction. Um, and that's the thing. Exactly. That's the thing about me, my theory of the the rat fuck when it comes to this. A rat fuck is a Carl Rovian invention where you put out a story that is kind of true, but like worse than the actual true version of events. And then in the ensuing days after like, you know, everyone has had some outcry, the real story comes out, which is a lesser version of the event. So like, um, Alyssa, let's say that you, um, you were out driving and you ran over somebody's mailbox because you were looking at your phone. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. If I were going to rat fuck you, I would put a story in your local paper saying that you ran over somebody's dog when you were looking at your phone. Right. But the truth is you did run over something while looking at your phone, but it wasn't a dog. It was a mailbox. But by the time everybody realized that it was a mailbox, the damage would be done. Didn't matter. People thought I was a phone reading dog killer. Yes, exactly. Which, and that's, just for the record, I never text and drive, but just saying. 
Yeah. Oh, I would not expect you to text. Of all I know, I know. I'm very uptight about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I I think that this lawsuit is interesting. The Supreme Court might actually loosen libel laws. Um, And if that's the case, then I don't know if it's actually going to, in the end, benefit Democrats or Republicans more. Because if libel laws are loosened, couldn't you— like, it, I feel like Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity are going to get the absolute shit suit out of them. So that's kind of what I was thinking. It's like, all you have to do is listen to any clip of Tucker Carlson. I mean, things he says, I could sue him for offending me, you know, for like, like, like ruining my life because he is such a menace to society with the things mm-hmm. that he says. But no, I don't know. I personally, I mean, honestly, it's like they are the ones who, now here's the truth. They're the lunatics that make more false shit up and engage in, you know, the rat fucking. But, like, Democrats are not really going to – I don't know. I guess that if we're going to spend our time doing something, is it really just suing Tucker Carlson? Are we going to use our, you know, energy for better effect? Yes, like the child tax credit. Exactly. Make it it a forever thing. Benefit the children. I would – look, the the lure of schadenfreude is – seductive. Like I, I do, I want Tucker Carlson to be sad, but eh, isn't it better to try to like make a bunch of people happy? Yeah, honestly. Anyway. Oh, quick, uh, epilogue to the Palin story. Palin, who has publicly stated she'd only get vaccinated, quote, over my dead body, dined indoors at, uh, Upper East Side Celebrity Hangout, Elio's over the weekend. Hmm, That's weird. That's not real America. But then she tested positive for COVID-19 on Monday. But, um, bum. What a the tots and, tots and pears. Tots and pears. Um, okay, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we've got a panel assembled, and we're going to have a great conversation about how you meet your partner. Breaking news, guys. What? Ryer's retiring. Yeah. Whoa. Oh. It just happened while you guys were talking. Oh, my oh. gosh. Good. Yeah. Well, now let's talk about that really quickly. Um, who, who do you think they're going to put on the court? Shit, anybody. <laughs> I don't know. Who will it be? Who um, will it be? Is it nobody? We, nobody we can't cool. ask for Amy Klobuchar. <sighs> right? Look, She'd be so good. I think that she would be a great Supreme Court justice. I mean, the most offensive bumper sticker. I can't believe I just I can't believe I just thought of an offensive bumper sticker to make Amy Klobuchar. Hot dish on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Where gosh. Did that come from? Where did that come from? Oh my I, I God. don't know. I don't know. You're brilliant. You're brilliant brain. I think there's a, there's a couple people in the D.C. circuit court that are super interesting and that would be way more exciting to me than Amy Klobuchar. No, no offense, Amy no. Klobuchar. Um, because I would absolutely not want to offend her. If I like went back to Minnesota, I would become a pariah. She is beloved. But uh, yeah, I think that, you know, it would be funny if it were Merrick Garland. It would be funny if it were Merrick Garland. Also, can I just say... I mean, can we just make the person in their 40s, <laughs> please? Yes, please. We need to, like, honestly, Juniper. Make Juniper a Supreme Court justice. She's three I months old. I will personally knit her a doily collar. Oh, my gosh. Please do that anyway. I mean, <laughs> like, I'm going to have to now. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe Mushroom Coffees will keep you focused all day long. 
Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I, I just like, I, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time yeah. when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast, no dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito, <laughs> not, not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount. Text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. And welcome back. You're listening to Hysteria, the only show that records during major historical events. Alyssa, how many major historical events have happened during Hysteria recordings? Um, All of them, especially our first episode ever, I think. Our first episode ever during the recording or shortly thereafter? Shortly thereafter. We had to get back together. Yeah. We had all departed and Anthony Kennedy announced he was retiring from the Supreme Court. So that cool. That was cool. That's that back happened. when you were in New York still, because we reconvened on the Upper West Side. That's true. It was very fancy. And then um, we were also recording during the January sixth insurrection yep. stuff. I remember getting out of recording and being like, "Huh, what's going on? What are these people doing? Scaling the Capitol? This doesn't seem like things they're supposed to be doing." Um, and then we were just recording now when Justice Stephen Breyer announced that he was retiring. Um, so that was cool. We had to do something just off the cuff, totally. And to which we say thank you, kind sir. Yes. Thank you, kind sir, for retiring at a moment where we could actually react do something. to it. Yeah, on, on the show. Um, super excited for our personal political segment today. We have two of our favorites in the house, two Hysteria originals, hom homies. Um, first, uh, she's a comedian and a writer and a director. And you can see her live on February 24th in Irvine. And she's in San Francisco from March 9th to 12th. And she's in Philadelphia from March 18th to 20th. Kieran Deal. Oh hi. my goodness. Hi. 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 It's so good You're to see you. 
You are a globe trotting la- or a, a America trotting lady. Yeah, I this well, spring. I put yes, I pushed, I pushed everything. I put, I was supposed to go to Philly in January, and I pushed it because of the disease. Oh, what right. disease? <laughs> it's this whole thing. I would recommend that you read the news. Oh <laughs> God, got it, got it. Okay, cool, cool. I wonder if there's anybody in the world who doesn't know about COVID. <laughs> Step away from the jam. Right. <laughs> like, you know, like those tribes in Brazil that the government protects and nobody is supposed to to talk to them. I bet they don't know. No, no. Even they know. <laughs> even, even they know because I saw I saw a thing on them. Yeah. Somebody sky wrote above the jungle like, guys, wear a mask. Up next, you can see her in How I Met Your Father, which has new episodes that stream every Tuesday on Hulu. Tian Tran. Hello. Tian, you shining star. Thank you. I'm just excited to be here with my friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> the show is so much fun. I just watched the first three episodes last night with my baby, and um, we we enjoyed it. Uh, thank you for watching. Uh, can I ask if 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 the baby has any idea who the father <laughs> is? The uh, the baby thinks you are the father. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are some fan theories that are really that are starting to pop up and everyone's like, there are some people that are like, we can't rule out Ellen. And I was like, great. (laughs) (laughs) Your character is like a newly divorced uh, gay woman Mm -hmm. who moves to New York City from Iowa. Yes. yes, And she she is also looking for love. And I love that people are not ruling you out. I know. (laughs) And let me say, Ellen was me. Ellen at the bar was me in my 20s at the bar. (laughs) (laughs) yes Ellen at the bar was also me at my 20s at the bar (laughs) I really relate to Ellen because I I did not know how to hit on people it was like a I think I was I I know I was terrible I have no game so Ellen and I relate to each other a lot (laughs) (laughs) well I think game is sort of I don't know what is game it's I don't know it's I don't have it so I couldn't tell you (laughs) I don't think I have it either. If you have to ask, guys, you don't have it. That's I'm Kieran, you definitely have. You game. have game, Kieran. Oh yes. Do I? No, I don't. I was. I've been told. I, I've been told point blank. I have no game. I've been told point blank. I don't. But I do know people who have it, and it's. Uh, I mean, it's. You know who you should have gotten on here was Grace Parra. Grace Parra's got. Yeah, game. Yeah, she got game. Grace oh, Parra. Oh my gosh. I have seen exudes. that bitch work a party. I have seen her work a party. <laughs> <laughs> I've known her for a long time. She is not fucking around. No, she is not. <laughs> Grace Parra is going to be the governor of Texas someday. That's that's my prediction. I'll move oh, there That executive little pepper. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, wow. That's a lot of fun. Um, fun to <laughs> fantasize of us being governors of various states. I'm married Elizabeth. to the queen of Illinois, apparently. So yeah, you don't need to you be are. the governor. I don't need, you to, don't be need to be the governor. Um, also, real quick, uh, I love that Kim Cattrall is yes. in the show that was a shock to me. What I, a treat! I, had, I just knew that shook it. Yeah, I was shook it. I just I remember being like, I'm going to watch a show that Tian is in. I can't wait to. You know, it looks like a lot of fun. And Kim Cattrall comes on my screen, and I'm like, wow, talk about game. That lady has game. Yeah. She's also this, and just and just like that, we have Samantha. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe she that's went, what and happened. she shows up Peloton free. You know, totally. Yeah. 
with her she's, Chardonnay. Mm. <laughs> she's wearing like winter, like fashionable, cozy clothes. She's like Diane Keaton-y, like a Nancy Myers movie. Like yes. you can picture her kitchen has a floral arrangement in the middle of a beautiful <laughs> marble island. Like she is living a great life in the year 2050. So congratulations to Kim Cattrall. I, she was also, she shot everything in one day. All wow. 10 episodes in one day. And she was the sweetest, best, like funniest, on, like truly the best. Really? Like uh, all of us had, the women on, on the, of the cast had the day off, but we all came in just to watch Kim. And oh, she wow. was like, thank you so much for coming. I'm so nervous. And we're like, don't be. She's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she was incredible. She's, oh. I mean, she's amazing. That's great. I love it when people whose work I appreciate turn out to be decent human totally. beings. Because if I know that they are bad, like, if I don't know anything, I can continue to appreciate their work. If I know that they're shitty, then it, like, detracts. And if I know that they're, if I know that they're good, it just, like, makes me love them more. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of, as a tie-in to Tien's show that just came out, but also because I'm thinking about it, and it also happens to be National Spouse Day, which is a made-up holiday. Was that today? Uh, according to Twitter. I, I haven't finished my National Spouse Day shopping yet. I'm so embarrassed. Um, but <laughs> but it's like one of those made-up holidays that people use and as, as an excuse to post cute photos of themselves and their spouse, which whatever, fine. Um, but I did want to talk about like the way that we meet partners, the way that we meet people to uh, date and to, to be with for an extended period of time, because it seems like that is changing. And in a way that a lot of younger people find discouraging. So I kind of want to talk about the way that we met the people that we're with or the way we've met significant people in our lives and uh, what the world looks like outside. Kieran, I want to start with you because yes. I learned I learned recently that you have a boyfriend now. Thank you so much. Now listen to me. <laughs> Wait a minute. You haven't been told that. I didn't listen know about this. Listen to me, guys. <laughs> COVID is a war of attrition. Okay, <laughs> this is no, this is not a game. This is not a drill. Okay, you got to get out here on these streets and you got to figure something the fuck out because otherwise you are in your house staring at a wall alone. You, wow. you have got to do something about it. Is that how, is that why you slept through our episode two weeks ago? <laughs> That's correct. Oh my God. Oh, that was Drag devastating. That was so devastating. You were holding it in. You were I've holding been waiting it in, for Alyssa. the right moment. Alyssa, you've been holding it in. Hurtful. Hurtful, but fair, but fair. You sound like you run a dating boot camp. Thank like, you I feel so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No, I'm saying, I'm saying I have so many friends during this pandemic who they're just like, well, I'm just like super locked down. I'm just like, it's just like me and my partner. And I was like, really? Because like, you know, it's me, myself and I, and there's a lot of people in here. And I was like, and this is, <laughs> this is a spiral into madness, you know, um, the being alone in a pandemic is no joke, especially when you're locked down and then you can't even do comedy and oh my goodness, terrible. So uh, yeah, you know, you just have to f just, just whoever's nearby, just grab them, put them in your house. It's fine. <laughs> So it was like there was a conveyor belt of men, like you're at a sushi restaurant, right? <laughs> yeah. 
That's right. And you just kind of were like, do I want the up? Oh, and you grabbed him. There was one street that was kind of open in Los Angeles. One street, okay? Uh, it's a place called Franklin. It's by the old UCB. And so like that strip of shops was open at like 10 p.m. It's the only thing that's open at 10 p.m. I'm going to meet a comedian. There's two people sitting there at a thing. One of them is a guy I hate. I'm really sorry if you're listening to this. I really dislike <laughs> this guy. He's with another guy. And I was like, oh, now I got to see this guy I hate. And I was in a terrible mood. You know, it was like July. I was like, you know, pretty depressed, all black, no makeup. Right. And then the other guy who I didn't notice was like, oh, why don't you take a seat? And I'm like, so sorry, can't COVID reaches out to shake my hand. And I was like, so sorry, global pandemic, no interest. Okay, (laughs) have nothing to do with them. Then three days later at the other bar on the other side of the street that's open, because again, war of attrition, nothing's open. We're in the middle of a pandemic, except for this like one street happened to see the same guy. As you might know, I have problems with my stomach. So I was in the bathroom for 17 minutes. I left my friend <laughs> alone, okay? She's alone. Guy comes out. Guy is out. And then the the girl is also sitting there. There's this, you know, and it's the same guy. Same guy puts a message, follows me on Instagram, and then types a message from me into my phone to him, right? And then many days later is like, and it says, it says, amazing meeting you, or you're amazing, or some shit, right? That isn't true. <laughs> just lies, just lies, very Trump. And then and then writes back to his own message. He's done all the heavy lifting, is my point. Do you see what I'm saying? He's done yeah. all of it. It's like, so then he writes back to the message and he was like, you know, he was like, oh my God, you were all right too. And then, you know. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I love that. That's yeah. cute. Yeah, that, that that's is a true. That's game. That's a meet cute. That's, that's a game. That's game. That's game. Yeah, that's game. That's that is game. good game. That's game because it was funny. It was like it was it was funny and and not creepy. Is yeah. he a comedian? No. Oh, good. congratulations. Good. <laughs> good <morning. laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I love the way Tien was like late night, same street comic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Uh, Kieran, I know that like in the past you and I have chatted about like the apps. Did you find like, and you had used the apps in the past, right? I've used them. Did you find that like there was any good people on the apps or was that like a difficult way to meet people for you? I personally felt like this is a personal opinion. Okay. I feel like the first time you meet somebody, it's not a date. It's a meeting, right? I'm just going to meet somebody. I, I, within the first five minutes, like, would I have even sat down with you? Do you know what I mean? Like, I, mm. I'm pretty guarded and I don't want to be around others. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm not really interested. So it's like, if I get there and I'm like, oh, God. So it's always felt to me like, I'm like, oh, I got to like show up now and, and make you feel entertained. And so, no, I've always found it. I've always I've always hated it. I I've, mm-hmm. I think I think maybe on the apps I've met one person. I met one person that I was like, oh, like this. OK, you know. And then, you know, that guy started talking about how he was handwriting a novel, you know, and he likes to do it at the, <laughs> at the Grove with like the wind on his neck. And I was like, well, this is, you know. Oh, he doesn't sound like a douche at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this took a turn. This took a turn. I was like, come on. <laughs> uh, I'm imagining like what kind of a novelist would write at the Grove? And I was like, Nicholas Sparks. That's where all of Nicholas Sparks' novels were written. He was at the Grove with the wind on his neck. Um, uh, no offense to Mr. Sparks because he basically single-handedly funded the, my college's creative writing program. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Anyway, Nick. yeah. Um, so, Tien, how did you and your partner meet or like how 
it was like years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. It was like I had I was in my single phase of just like going out partying and trying to hit on women and was very bad at it. Give us the best example. I want to know. Um, I really didn't. I mean, my style of hitting on people was just like dancing by them. Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, it's totally a enough thing. of a thing. Yeah. Is that enough of a thing? I mean, just like, how were you dancing? I mean, it's like a it's a it's a soft groove, but nothing too aggressive. Just like, mm -hmm. a, you know, like a yeah, like a I'm into it's like a like an I am into you bop where you open up your hips and like <laughs> <laughs> you open up your hips. No, no, no. Like you, you, you have kind of like a radius and you like kind of just show. <laughs> You, okay. you open up your hips. No, it's okay. very yogic, okay. very yogic. No, it's, it's like body language. It's body, it's body language. It's like you turn like your, your hips and your shoulders toward the person in the room you're most interested in. Yeah. And, and that's like a, a subtle sign to them without A being, subtle sign. Yes, totally. A, a, an openness bop or whatever it was. Thank you. Got. And then you yeah. limbo. And then you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you, you met your partner in like a, a per, like a one-on-one -on -one, like setting you met them in in real no life. i i met them um i met her when i used to throw a really self-indulgent birthday party i feel like i might have <laughs> maybe mentioned this before in the past but i used to throw a party called tanks for hank um because i used to wear cut off tank tops a lot side boobing was huge for me in my 20s and i would invite all of my friends and i would make a huge barbecue like ribs, chicken wings, kebabs, burgers, just going crazy. And the price of admission for the party was to bring a thrifted t-shirt or tank top that was $5 or less. And then I would just like hang them all up on like a clothesline. It was a, it was very self-indulgent. It was too self-indulgent. That sounds but cool. It's pretty good. That sounds fun. Labor intensive. It was very, very fun. We had a, we had a really good time. Um, and someone invited my partner and i remember she had arrived on the early side and i was like hmm, who is this person that i do not know all i saw were legs and i was like hot legs and then i was like stunning woman and then i actually did try to hit on her and it was i think it was i like as the party was going i brought her up to my apartment to like make her a drink and i handed it to her and then walked away and didn't say anything. So that's the type of game that I have. <laughs> you didn't start grooving immediately, doing the limbo no, no, and no. opening your hips to the music that existed in your mind? I didn't set an attraction radius. Um, <laughs> and I just gave her a drink, walked away. And then she actually asked me out via email two oh. weeks two weeks later. Email. That is like a moment, asking someone out of her I email. Know. I, I remember for the the two weeks that I was waiting, not waiting, but I, I just, a friend was like, hey, she really wants to have your email address. And I was like, this feels so old fashioned. <laughs> 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 and I still have that email exchange and it's been eight years. So, so you met in real life, like you didn't met in real like, life, find her on an app or whatever. Alyssa. Something tells me you didn't meet your husband on an app. No, 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 no. I actually had a terrible app experience. Well, they weren't apps back then. It was just a website because we know I'm a pioneer in this era as the oldest of the <laughs> gang. Um, I went on Match.com in 2004, 2005. Ooh, yeah, you really were a pioneer. Yes, wow. yes, yes. And it was the most uh, heinous, hideous experience 
of my life. And I just have to tell it quickly because I put a lot of effort into my profile and my mm. picture and everything. And a girlfriend signed up to do it at the same time I did. And she called me a few days later and I was at the office with Crooked Media founders, Tommy Vitor and John Favreau. And uh, we all sat in a corner together and uh, they hear me on the phone, like, because we all have cubes. And they hear me on the phone. I was like, hey, girl. Yeah. What's a wink? Huh? No, I don't have any winks. Oh, okay, guys. So winks are what people would do if they thought you were attractive or they wanted to meet you or they would send you a note. And I had zero. And I melted into tears. My boss, Senate Chief of Staff Pete Rouse comes over. He's like, what's going on over here? And Tommy and and John are like flagging him away. But he wouldn't stop. He's like, why are you crying? What's wrong? And I was like, I'm trying so hard. And I just don't understand. Like, no one would fucking wink at me. Like, are you kidding me? It's so hard to wink at me. I'm that fucking ugly. And I came into my office the next day, into the office, and there was a card on my chair from Senate Chief of Staff Pete Rouse. And it was a cat winking. And he said, this is the only wink that matters. How cute is that? Oh, that's Aww. very sweet. So nice. So anyway, after that, I didn't date for about seven years. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, six years, six years. I, I mean, I went on like one or two people who you'd meet in a bar, like, or I knew through friends, whatever, but nothing serious. Uh, I met my husband uh, over email at work. Hmm. He was email. Harry. Email. Yeah. He what does it Harry. mean? What does it mean you met him over email at work? So please? he, so uh, I was, uh, Kieran, you love when I lead stories this way. Well, when I was working at the White House. I love um, that. I love it. it I know so you cool. love it. You love it. Love I was it. working at the, <laughs> when I was working at the White House, yeah. um, it was right before the midterm or right after the midterms. And uh, we were doing a project, an a, a event in Las Vegas with then- leader, Harry Reid, his chief of staff, one David Crone, was in charge of this event for Senator Reid. And we were put on an email together. And I made a joke about Saved by the Bell that he thought was funny. And I was like, who is this person who thinks my Saved by the Bell jokes are funny? And I tried to Google him and he did not exist on the internet. And I was like, what is this? This is crazy. So anyway, we ended up emailing back and forth, emailing back and forth. And then when the event happened, we went out to dinner in Las Vegas. And that was our first date. And we never, and that was it. Then we got married. (laughs) (laughs) Your husband didn't exist on the internet? No, no, I couldn't find him. I couldn't find him anywhere. Wow. He had no Facebook. He had no, he did not exist. There was like one picture, one grainy photo that I felt I could not use to mean (laughs) anything because it was that grainy. Um, So he's like, I like like that. You're like, how many, you know, is he even real? Oh, I was okay. like, let's see what this guy's about. And then he was so, well, not only was he was very nice and funny, but he seemed to think I was really funny. And I love when people think I'm funny. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Kieran, it was like, I was like, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, good. <laughs> thank you. Just like good. that. You're like, their most attractive quality is they think I'm, I'm the funniest. Funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, wait, uh, this is, so after we had dated for a little while though, and like, you're trying to suss out if this person is for you. I was going on this very long trip and he was like, how, how does it, how does Shrummy, my cat at the time, he's like, how does, what does Shrummy do when you're gone on these like 10 day trips? And I was like, oh, I have someone from Fur Pals come in twice a day. And he's like, that's unacceptable. So Shrummy stayed over at his house before I ever did. Oh my God. And he would send me notes that was like, dear mom, he would email me notes, dear mom, I woke up Uncle (laughs) David at 3am for treats. 
He was very obliging and gave them to me. I still have, I printed those out and I kept them because they were so cute. So that was like, that was like, that was when I, I kind of knew I was like, all right, if he's in, I'm in. This is like, he's too good to be true. Flirting via cat. cat. Yeah. Flirting via cat is like, like the interspecies uh, personalization is, you know. That's that's, yeah. that's the only form of speaking from a pet's point of view that I'll allow. <laughs> I'm serious. That's, yeah, you you hate that. I, I think that was it. one of your. Nah, <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> you don't like the Instagram captions. No, that are no. Like, woof woof. <laughs> but you no, will I you don't. will you will open hip to limbo towards that kind of flirting. <laughs> oh yeah, my yeah. God. That I'm into. Mm-hmm. That I'm uh, into. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know what, guys? I think I'm the only one on here who met my partner through an app. I met him on OkCupid. You're so modern. I, like, I know. I remember when you met him. Yeah, same. It was like right when I moved to LA. We were doing like early yeah. shows. And like, yeah, I um, I came to record and I was like, I met a guy. Yeah, and you were there, Karen. It was it was funny. No, but also you would, you, I think it was like, because you were dating and you were on the apps. Also, it just, all it does is increases the batting averages of luck you know, of getting right. a chance to meet, like, it's like just, it's luck to meet somebody cool. And it's like, all it does is it just gives you more at bats to maybe meet somebody cool, you know? Right. That's a very optimistic way of looking at it. Thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is, it is true. Like it's, it's a numbers game. And I think a city like Los Angeles can be kind of lonely and there aren't very many spaces that people just congregate. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just in, in New York city and in Chicago and in like San Francisco, you can kind of like flaneur around. You can like wander around and like happen upon a place you want to go to and sit for a while. Or you can like in LA, you can't really do that. You have to drive to where you're going. Like there's no like happenstance. Like oh, I was just walking and I came across this great little cafe and I sat down. It's like no, I got in my car and Googled how to get to the cafe I intended. And to then go. I valet parked my car. Exactly. Exactly. I drove around for 10 minutes looking for parking and I couldn't understand the parking sign because there was like 15 caveats, but I just left it and then I had a $75 ticket. But you're like, and then I um, gave up. I went home. I sobbed openly in my home. (laughs) In my car, which is a normal thing. Have you ever like been crying in your car at a stoplight and looked over and there's another person crying? Often. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, not another person. Just a person looking sadly in my direction. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I once made eye contact with someone who was also crying, and it was, like, very intimate, Aww. like, unexpectedly intimate. I was like, yeah, we're both going through something. We'll never know what the other person's is, but it's at the same time. I love crying um, in my car. It's the best place. It's the best it's like place. A, it is a the best place to cry. Pod. Yeah. It's a great place Because you can also DJ the experience with whatever music you want yep. to put on, right? Yep. You guys yeah. don't have an issue with all the windows? No. Mm-mm. That's why it's you like, like it. You're like, it's a show, baby. <laughs> yeah. My soundtrack is Phil Collins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's um, but yeah, I I met Josh on an app and it was like I had moved to LA and I was trying to just get out of the house and actually meet people. And going out on dates was like a way to get out of the house. And everyone I'd met, I'd met like three people, I think. And they'd all kind of just not been for me at all. They met probably great for somebody else, but they weren't for me at all. And then I think he was the fourth person I went out on a date with and our date lasted like 12 hours. It was one of those like, Mm. yeah. And, um, yeah, I like met his dog the first night and the dog didn't bark at me and the dog barks at everybody. Um, so that was kind of cute. And also the dog when I, cause I slept over the first night I met him and, uh, the dog slept like on my body. 
like he mm. like slept, went so the, so it was sort of like the dog the dog and I were kind of soulmates yeah the dog liked me so um but yeah I'm I just like wanted to I had just turned 35 and at that point I just was like I kind of want to if I'm gonna date somebody I want it to be like the for real thing like I'll go out on dates but if I'm gonna like be with somebody I want it to be serious and it was like I sort of started going out with like that intention. Like either this is just going to be one date or this is going to be like many, many, many dates. And it, within two weeks I met Josh. So it was kind of, kind of cool, I guess. Um, I think if I would have cool, I think if I would have been on the apps for longer, I would have started to feel demoralized. Um, cause I think that a lot of cities have like a super concentration of people that are like really into themselves and really discouraging to go out with. Um, but there was a story this week, uh, that involved online dating that I wanted to kind of talk about with all of you guys. Um, because it sort of dovetails with the, how I met your father thing, but it's sort of like, what if that show was like a nightmare show? (laughs) And that is, (laughs) that is the story of, uh, West Elm Caleb. Now, did any of you follow this story at all? A bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I, I got it. I got to text it to me from my little sister who was like, you guys should put this on the show. (laughs) (laughs) So, so it started out with a TikTok. A woman was describing a date she'd gone on with this guy who was like six foot four named Caleb in New York City. And in the comments, people started saying a West Elm Caleb, West Elm Caleb, West Elm Caleb. Apparently it wasn't the guy that the original poster had gone out on a date with. There's this other tall Caleb (laughs) that in New York City had had kind of a a serial MO with women that was kind of toxic. Not not like like you know illegal or bad or abusive or anything like that, but toxic. Like he would mislead people to think that they were the only ones dating him and then he would actually be going out with a bunch of other people. He would like really love bomb, which is when you throw a ton of affection and attention on somebody right away and then he would just vanish. He um what else did he do? He he sent like an unsolicited nude photo to one of the women that he was <gasps> mm-hmm. thinking about dating. He would tell people he deleted the app, but he hadn't actually deleted the app. He made playlists for people I read. And too. it was like this. Yeah, it was the same place, which, you know, look, this is just normal kind of jerk dating guy behavior. I don't think it's like, OK, it's definitely like not OK. But what happened sort of seemed like a very overblown reaction to this because what happened after this original TikTok was posted was women started posting TikToks about their experiences with this West Elm Caleb guy. And all of them were sort of like, you know, this guy's kind of a jerk, but the women were all like connecting with each other on social media. And it became this massive thing. Like everyone started looking in on it, like a spectacle, like look at all these women who like dated the same guy and he did the same thing to all of them. And so there's sort of something like kind of cool of being like, you had a bad experience with someone connecting with somebody else that also had the same bad experience because then you have that in common Mm -hmm. and it becomes kind of funny. Um, But then, you know, the thing went viral and it sort of took on a, uh, took a turn. Uh, People started like contacting his employer. People doxed him and like just a lot of uh, posted his picture and, and all of this stuff. And then brands, as brands are wont to do, tried to get in on the virality. Like there was a couple, like I think Hellman's Mayonnaise (laughs) put out a tweet that was like with the hashtag West Elm Caleb. And I think that it all sort of became this like, you know, monster that was like out of control. So I would love to hear um, 
Kieran, what you think about the whole West Elm Caleb saga. Well, the first thing, because like I didn't know about this, because as you know, I live under the table in my house. Um, <laughs> so, you know, when I got the email about like West Elm Caleb, I had to like, I had to look it up. And um, the one thing I'm going to say is when I listened to you describe the things that that guy did, like love bombing people, like, and then the misdirects and like deliberately misleading people is like, the one thing I want to say is, first of all, just don't be a piece of shit. How about mm-hmm. that? Like just from mm-hmm. a, like a baseline starting point, it's like, don't be a piece of shit. Don't be a piece of shit when you're dating people. Don't be a piece of shit in your life. Like why Why is it that we have to qualify people not – like why is there like a separate rule for like how we treat people when it comes to romance? Like if mm-hmm. you're being deliberately misleading and manipulative, I think like that conversation of like decency like is – a separate one than the question that you're asking. But I actually, I found myself kind of having a a visceral reaction because I understand where you're coming from, where it's like, look, he didn't me too anybody is the point, right? Like you're like, he's not, he didn't, he he wasn't Harvey Weinstein out here. Mm -hmm. But there's Mm -hmm. still like, if people are going, like people are going on that app in earnest with like vulnerability, whatever else, trying Mm -hmm. to meet somebody. And then you're kind of manipulating and taking advantage of like that Mm -hmm. vulnerable space. It just feels kind of shitty. It feels shitty. Mm-hmm. Now, should he have been doxxed? Should he have been like his employer was contacted? No. So those people mm-hmm. were also being a piece of shit. What have we learned? Right. Being a piece of shit begets <laughs> being a piece of shit. It's almost like it's a karmic cycle. Now, guys, I'm no tick not Han, but like, I don't know. Kieran, that was beautiful. Yeah, Thank that was so great. Totally. Thank you. I'm not excusing his behavior. I don't think that how he behaved was okay. Of course, of course. But hashtag betrayal um, all around. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's just like, I, I just think that like a person who has that sort of like cycle of lying that, that they and the way and treating people that way maybe has some issues that they need to work out possibly with like a, a counselor or a therapist. And I'm not saying that in a condescending way because a lot of people could benefit from therapy, but that's just not a good way to treat people. Um, Tian, I wonder what you think of the whole West Elm Caleb story. Was it one of those things that you were like, the straights have gone insane? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they've jumped the shark again. Oh, they've jumped the shark. Here they go, acting wild. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, my first thought when I saw that was like, which one of his furniture pieces have I enjoyed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know i'm like that's true he's a designer which one which one did i shop for which caught my eye caleb which one of which one of the credenzas did you make uh-huh, um uh-huh. i did i was like wow i, I my, my sister sent me this story and i was like damn it's hard out there for the heteros um <laughs> <laughs> but i feel the same way as kieran i'm just like i feel like this story is such a perfect snapshot of how much the internet loves like just piling on someone yeah and and he sounds like an asshole and he sounds terrible and what you said Karen was so right like people are being people are going on these apps in earnest and for someone to take advantage of that is really fucked up and like it seems like he got his comeuppance but then people take it too far and like why are we doxing him why are we calling like it just it feels really scary. I feel like mm-hmm. that that's my that was my biggest thing with this was that how something could just get so blown out of proportion mm-hmm. in such a fast way and then you know like in 2 weeks we won't be talking about West Elm Caleb but he got his like life upended in a really insane way. Mm-hmm. 
That's what is scary to me. Um, When I was watching How I Met Your Father last night, it kind of struck me how there's like a storyline in there of one of the main male characters having like a viral moment and being known Mm -hmm. for his for being like rejected from a proposal that that was like that went viral. And it, it just seemed like the West Elm Caleb hashtag story could have been a plot line in like a modern <laughs> show about the way that like we meet people and the way that we like date now. It's like a it's like a cautionary tale about like how out of control things can get, I think. Like you could have your dating profile and and someone can just like screen grab your thing and then it go it sh- mm-hmm. gets shared. Yeah. Exponentially it's like very it's very scary to think about. Yeah, there are Reddit communities that share screenshots of dating profiles. And a lot of them are, you know, like pointing out funny things that people are saying, deliberately funny things that people are saying. But sometimes it's like, look at this nightmare person. And it'll, you know, post screenshots of their profile. And it just seems like nothing is really, nothing really stays where you want it to stay. Mm -hmm. I feel like a person who feels like entitled to lie and mislead people that they met on dating apps doesn't understand that the world is bigger than your phone. You know, like it can get way bigger than anything that you intended for it to to get. Um Alyssa, I wonder what you think about this whole story. Uh I I had similar reaction as TN that this seemed extreme. However, I will say that as like I say the pioneer of the group, that back in the <laughs> back in my early 20s when I was at polyesters and uh Anyone who's my age will remember that Polyesters in New York was the club where there was like a different music, like the 70s, 80s, and 90s on each level. It was a terrible place. But it's where I met the Welsh paratrooper who it turned out was neither Welsh nor a paratrooper. And (laughs) I wish that I would have, I wish that I would have had a social media platform back then to have alerted other women who might Mm -hmm. be going to polyesters that there was a very charming Welsh paratrooper who was neither Welsh nor a paratrooper. And when he answered his phone in New Jersey, didn't have a Welsh accent. So, (laughs) you know, but I do think that that there is a real uh, mob vibe that came from what happened to West Elm. Caleb. When I first actually saw the hashtag, I had to break it up into words. I was like, this is so many letters. What is this? (laughs) But I think that's the thing. Like, I think that it was that for someone to out him for this behavior is one thing. I think for some women to warn other women of this behavior Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. one thing. I think for people to personally try to like ruin his life, you know, and like doxing is so fucking scary. I think that that's, that's not good. That's not right. It went too far. Mm-hmm. Um, can I ask, did he actually make furniture for West Elm or was he just like a boutique furniture designer? Just really want to get the, uh, get, gra- <laughs> get granular on the credenza tip. Right. He really did work at West Elm according to the stories about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I've always <laughs> thought it was overpriced. But this may <laughs> dovetail with the Sarah Palin story of earlier in that, will West Elm feel libeled by the... <laughs> By the West oh, Elm yeah. Caleb hashtag. Because I'm going right. to think differently about West Elm, to be honest. Yeah. Maybe they'll start putting out furniture that has, like, beautiful wood carving that says, like, no more gaslighting. Or, like, <laughs> <laughs> just, like, beautiful tables with huge cursive. <laughs> West Elm is now the Peloton of furniture. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I saw somebody tweeting kind of about, I think it was like in line with this West Elm Caleb story that like as a, I think they were a Gen Z person and they were saying like, if a, if you're married, do you feel like you were in the last like helicopter leaving a war zone or something like that? <laughs> and um, I kind of wanted to address that because I think that the West Elm Caleb story kind of crystallized a lot of, it, it combined a, a lot of toxic online dating behaviors into one person. And that's, I think, why it got such a, mm. a big reaction because I think a lot of people have, even if they didn't go out with West Elm Caleb, experienced one or more of these like toxic dating behaviors as a result of online dating. And I feel like online dating is really scary because there's so many, there's so many people and you become like aware of all the possible people who could, you know, break your heart or make you happy. And I think the issue isn't online dating necessarily, although online dating is scary. I think the issue is when you're young and you're going out with a bunch of other young people, you're all going to be sort of like fucked up in different ways. And that's going to multiply the more people that you're exposed to. I don't think it's, I don't think it's, I'm just trying to be encouraging. Like thing, it will get better. Things get better. Things get better. As you get older. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 100%. There are good people out there. There are good people out there and you yeah. might meet them while wandering around uh, a stretch of bars. Like yeah. Kira, like Kieran did. So pottery <laughs> Barn, you know, like Pottery Barn Brian is probably amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to get to I Feel Petty. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. And welcome back. Before we get to I Feel Petty, a little bit of housekeeping. Start off the new year with some new Hysteria merch. You can check out all of our new items at the Crooked Store, like our luxurious person hoodies and tees, and tired of being nice mugs and candles, and more. Shop all the new Hysteria arrivals now at crooked.com slash store. Okay, the house has been kept. So I'm going to go first with I Feel Petty. Um, this week, uh, there was an anti-vax rally in DC and one of the speakers at the rally was Robert F. Kennedy Woo! Jr. Jr. Ooh, not yeah. if it were Robert F. Kennedy, I would be like, yes, what a cool ghost, but it's not, it's Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Um, and he had a, a bunch of ab absolutely crazy anti-vax comments, just like completely nuts. So the, I feel petty thing is, uh, about Cheryl Hines, his wife. Cheryl Hines plays uh, Larry David's wife on um, Curb Your Enthusiasm. And uh, she seems like a normal and cool person. But because of her husband's crazy comments, she had to come out and, like, condemn her own husband's anti-vaccine comments. <laughs> so here's what, here's what I feel petty about. Here's what I feel petty about. 
you're you're going to think this is going to go in one direction, but it's going to go in another direction. I want more spouses to get messy. I want more spouses <laughs> to come out and condemn their partner's yes. craziness. Like I want uh, Shalane Woodley I would to come out. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> to come out with with like a public statement against her boyfriend Aaron Rodgers, I want like messy. Let's let's get messy in 2022. I I love this. I love that Cheryl Hines came out and was like, "This guy's that I'm married to is nuts." Um, I I want I want more of it. That's that's what I feel petty about. But more here's mess. my question. Here's my question. So I agree. I saw that. I was like, "This is incredible." Um, <laughs> but then people were like, "I I thought to myself, look, they have a marriage. Seems fucked up right now. Um, probably fucked up for a while. But she." made her statement and was like, I disagree with everything he said. Um, and she's like, and also he doesn't do the dishes. But, and another <laughs> thing. But I felt like people were really fucking like Cheryl Hine. Like they started attacking her and being like, you didn't go far enough. You should divorce him. And it's like, she said Whoa. her thing. Like, what's wrong? Stop, stop, stop. Yeah. That's how yeah, I thought. That's, that's silly. That's no, that's nobody's business, but I do, I do enjoy a stern spousal. Yeah. Reprimand. Cause it was, yeah. it was stern. Yeah, for sure. She was mad. Tien, what are you feeling petty about this week? You know, I'd like to have a, a petty pay it forward. I would like to be petty on behalf of, uh, all educators. I, my partner is an educator. So I'm just like seeing all the stress of all the teachers and all the bullshit that they have to go through in this mm. time that's making mm. me really sad and frustrated. And I feel petty against all these administrators that are just like not teaching, not being in the classroom, not going to places, canceling their own meetings when it's more than 20 adults in the room, but being like everybody else show up in these packed rooms with no ventilation and no support and no resources. So I would like to see all those like I'm really pissed at all the like college presidents and university mm -hmm. chancellors that haven't been in a classroom for I don't even know how long and are sitting at home and being like, everyone else, please go, go to your classrooms, go mm -hmm. get sick, go, go. We're going to, we're going to make you safe by like pulling back all safety measures. It's driving me crazy tangentially because I'm seeing it play out through my partner. And I'm just, I'm just, fr I'm just frustrated on behalf of all educators. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of college presidents, if you just took their salary and split it or, and use their salary to buy yeah. like insurance for all the adjunct professors, I think that that <laughs> would probably be fine. Everybody would probably be fine with that. Uh, I don't, not to be petty, but um, Tian, that technically wasn't petty. <laughs> it was it was too it was correct it was, not, it was I mean it was it was correct it was heavy it was it was meaty and sorry. substantive sorry yeah no I think that that's fine okay I mean Can if I, you if, am I allowed to do that I mean yeah. I don't know yes. I have been I have been chastised in the past Aaron Glory Ryan for not being <laughs> for petty not, enough for not being petty enough Okay. Oh, well, you know what? You got something about toenails as an adjunct? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. Karen, what are you feeling petty about or I, serious about this week? Oh, okay. I was, well, I know, Tiana, obviously I agree with you. My mom, uh, my mom has a preschool and it's like, it's very, very challenging for people right now. It's very, very hard. It's very, very hard for all, like for the kids. It's very hard for the teachers. It's crazy. It sucks. I'll be petty. Um, and I'll specifically be petty. We have offlined about this, but I think it's time because, you know, you know, there's certain people on the pod who will throw mistakes in your face. Um, some of them work at the White House. Now, it's 
You know, it's (laughs) sometimes you log on to the internet and you are following Grace Para and you see that Grace Para has uh, homemade preserves. She has jam. She has jam. She has homemade preserved jam. And it's like, it's like a jelly. And it's like, guys, I mean it in my heart when it's like, I haven't looked at another person's post and actually felt jelly. Like, I've been like, <laughs> how did you get that jam, Grace Para? How did you get that? And um, I wanted jam. And I feel <laughs> kind of petty about that this that week. That <laughs> is so funny because, Kieran, as I recall, you mentioned this already to me <laughs> to personally. You offline. And then I thought, let's online. bring it to the pod. What, let's bring what, it to the pod, and baby. what happened? I said, I have another tranche of jams to go out from people who had not returned my email asking for their address <gasps> in a quick oh. reply. So guess what? Mama does not go to the post office when the line is long. So everyone's jam, who hasn't gotten it yet, is packed up, okay, is great. ready to go, <laughs> and will be shipping out in probably the next two weeks because I have to go to the city for a week and I'm not going to the post office tomorrow. So, <laughs> but I don't forget anybody, Kieran, but I appreciate you, Tien who is here, she was among the first to reply to my email asking for her address. So anyway, it's coming. Way to air your grievances. I need to send you a new address. Just to be clear, clear, the segment is called I'm Feeling Petty. So (laughs) I feel like I actually did the assignment. You did do the assignment. You did do the assignment and I appreciate it. And I also Uh appreciate Uh the heads up I got, okay? Mm-hmm. Only Alyssa Mastromonaco can make a, a gift sound like a threat. Yeah. You used the will word. get your jam. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you will. She's like, put it on everything and see if you survive. Yeah, see if you like it. <laughs> Alyssa, let's uh, let's end I Feel Petty with yours. Guys. How are you feeling petty about Guys, I looked forward to the reboot of Sex in the City so much. And mm, to be mm. fair, I have mm. – That show drops on Thursday, and there's not one Thursday that has passed when I haven't literally made my ramen noodles and sat down to watch it. I kind of hate it, but I also love it, and I look forward to it. However, (laughs) one of the things I'm so glad about is that Miranda is living her truth, and I feel really sad for Steve. We can talk about why Steve's only trait is that he's deaf on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Which, I mean... that Steve has gone through a lot on this show over the past 20 years and that he deserved a little bit more of a presence. Um, But I'm glad Miranda's living her truth. Steve was so nice about it. But let's talk about Shay Diaz, possibly one of the worst characters on television ever. They are, Che is like a comedian who's not funny, a partner to Miranda who's not nice, And there's just nothing, there's nothing. Also, let's just say as ladies on a podcast, their podcast isn't funny. So like (laughs) that is, I just don't understand the Che character. And I think like, I just, I don't understand their role. I don't get it. I just, it, it makes me, it like makes my skin itch. Like when you put a turtleneck on backwards and the tag irritates you while you record your podcast. That's how I feel. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't hate, I I think I agree that Che is, is a little bit 
much, but I love Shay's scenes. When Shay is on, I'm like, all right, what dumb bullshit's going to happen now? <laughs> I agree with, no, see, I agree with that. I agree with that. But I just feel like Miranda deserves someone nicer because I know that when, like I saw, the reason I'm feeling petty is because I'm anticipating the drop on Thursday because I feel like when Miranda, Miranda appears to have a box of cookies in hand and she's bringing them to Che and Che's like, we're not dating. And I just, I feel it in my heart already. I feel it in my heart already. I agree with Alyssa. When I hear woke moment and trigger warning off of like a DJ noise pad <laughs> button, <laughs> like it's ruined those phrases for me, which is not good. <laughs> um, you know, devil's advocate here. What if the pod, I mean, because I know, we know a few of the writers on the show. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're very, 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 very funny. funny. Very yes, good. very funny. I feel as though the podcast is deliberately bad. That's like my working theory. Because hearing you describe it to me, like I'm imagining you pitching it in a writer's room and being like, that's fucking hilarious. Like that's they have totally a, fair. That's true. Totally that's fair. They have, true. they have a bad podcast where like there's a button that instead of a toilet flushing says woke moment. You know, like it's I feel yes. like it's on purpose. Okay? I agree with You're you. Right. And I think, but here's here's where I think the nuance is. That's not what sex in the city had been previously. Right. Okay, so sure. it's no, I'm not saying they have to stick to what it was, but I think that's why it took you to explain that to me for a minute for me to be like, okay, I get that. Okay, yeah, I get now that. I get I'm that. good with that. That's acceptable. Listen, it doesn't matter how good everyone in the room is. They're 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 responsible to whoever's running the show. So yeah. it's like mm -hmm. it's actually the taste of whoever is at the top of the, the pyramid scheme that is, you know, that particular show's hierarchy. So that that is you know, that's who that's who everyone's doing the layup to and towards and for. And I mm -hmm. um So you will blame HBO. Them. I will never I will <laughs> never forgive them. No, I will never forgive that individual. I don't know who it is. Um, <laughs> maybe it's Michael Patrick King, maybe it isn't, you know. Some people it's like they give you gifts and then they taketh away. Um <laughs> and this is one of those taketh away moments. <laughs> you know what? I love Seema though. I think that she's a great Oh my character. god. Incredible. Seema's a She's, great character. I love, Seema's great. That I, I want is great. Yeah. Yeah, but then they did I, the thing with the sorry. Did you see that? Where they called I the did. sorry yet. And it's and it, like, you yet. know, I mean, come on, guys. What are we doing here? It wasn't know. a sorry, right? Yeah. I mean, they're like using Lengas as saris, and it's like, this is, this is, this is very basic. Oh, and then no, you I think, don't. okay, why didn't the South Asian person say anything about that? And it's like, well, because they're working. They're on a set and they're working. Yeah. So they didn't, mm -hmm. I can understand why any of those Performers didn't say anything, and I just – anyway, look, guys, this is why I like to stay under my table and just <laughs> stare at my wall. It's very safe, predictable. It's certain. When I get my jam, oh, my God. You're never leaving the house. <laughs> you just eat it with your hands. Like, just scoop it. Yeah, like – That's like, <laughs> sort like of. Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> and I'm in yellow. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Um, okay. That's all the time we have for this week. This was really, really fun. This was fun. Um, thank you, Tien and Kieran, for stopping by. Thank you, Alyssa Mastermonico, for being my ride or die. And thanks to all of you, the listeners. There will be more hysteria next week. I am from another planet. This nation Hysteria is a Crooked Media production. Caroline Reston is our producer. Our executive producer is me, Aaron Ryan. Alyssa Mastromonaco is our co-producer, and Brian Semmel is our associate producer. 
Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis are the sound engineers, and our editor is Sarah Gibalaska and the folks at Chapter 4. Thank you to our digital team, Nar Melkonian, Mia Kelman, Milo Kim, and Matt DeGroote. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. <laughs>